From Gimlet Media, this is The Nod, a show about Black culture from Blackness's biggest fans. I'm Brittany Luce. And I'm Eric Eddings. Well, y'all, huh? we are finally here. We've come. I know. To the end of the road. Although <laughs> we go. But yeah, we're, this is the last episode of the show. Yeah. It's wow. weird. Even just saying like, you know, Shit. from Gimlet Media, <laughs> this is, you know, yeah. not, it's like that. It's the last time. It's crazy. So crazy. <laughs> and like, you know, normally we do, we do a lot of really involved shit on the show. You know, we're like in a fake courtroom or like, you know, yeah. interviewing people. Yeah. But we wanted to take some time to just like talk. We wanted to answer a few questions from our listeners because, well, you know, just being completely fucking honest, we could not have made this show without no, you listening. No, we couldn't have done that. So we put a call out. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. We put a call out a few weeks ago for some questions. You know, like an AMA will ask me anything, if you will. So first, we're going to take some questions from listeners. And then we're going to turn the tables. And we're going to take a few questions from each other. Yes. These questions, we haven't told each other in advance. So nobody knows what the hell is going nobody on knows. or how this is going to go. Nope. Nobody knows. Nobody uh, knows. All surprised. Yes. So let's dig into it. Uh, Brittany, why don't you read the first listener question? I can do that. Hi, Brittany and Eric. I would be interested in hearing about your career journeys. You are both so creative and smart. Thank you so much. It's very nice of you to say. I would love to know more about how you got to where you are professionally. Thanks. And this is from Brandy. Shout out, Brandy. Yeah, shout out, Brandy. Thanks Thank you. for asking a question. So, That's so nice. And so thank you for listening. Awesome. So this is the thing. There's like one way that you can answer the question. How did we get to where we are professionally? The short version is... Eric and I started a podcast on the side. We were both working in like marketing and advertising professionally. We started a podcast as a hobby. And then Matt and Alex, co-founders of Gimlet, they heard it. They became our mentors. We both started working here. And then eventually we created The Nod. And here we are. I don't think that's what Brandy's asking, though. I think she's asking nah. a more like metaphysical question. Yeah, I think, I think for me, it was doing a lot of jobs that helped me to build the creative confidence to lean into that as a primary path. Mm -hmm. The nice thing about this job is it actually overlaps a lot with what I was actually naturally interested in before I think I went to college. So I've, I've always been really interested, obviously, in, in like pop culture. And for me, most of the time it means black culture. Mm -hmm. And I think I had always been trying to find my way towards something in entertainment. Mm -hmm. But when I first got to school, I wanted to be I wanted to be a talent agent. I thought that was my way. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, oh, maybe it's the business side of entertainment. Yeah, I remember when you wanted to be an agent. You wanted to be like that guy from Entourage. Yeah, goodness. So glad you didn't turn out any <laughs> right? more like that. Life is very different. <laughs> very different life. And then it was like advertising. That could be a way to be with something creative. But yeah. again, maybe I'm using this other thing. And the thing that was amazing about podcasting mm -hmm. is it was so informal and you're supposed to do it kind of about something you either know a lot about yeah. or you're very, very interested in. Mm -hmm. And so the more that we got to like invest in that through For Colored Nerds initially, mm -hmm. the more I'm like, oh, no, no, no. You got to lean into what you're interested in. Not, like I'm not trying to find a path for that's like adjacent to the thing. Yeah, What you're interested in is the thing. Yeah, And it's just, you know, putting in the work, gaining the experience, and, and hoping for a bit of serendipity to kind of like open itself an avenue for you to actually explore that professionally. Yeah, yeah. So I think that for me is kind of what the, the journey has been. Always kind of being around these things, mm -hmm. which sharpen the talents. Like, well, I mean, I know, we've been talking to each other for like 13, Too 14 long. years. This year actually marks 15. Wow. I know. Yeah. I know. And that's like half my life. And I'm like, did I fucking squander it? <laughs> yes. That's what I'm asking Absolutely. <laughs> but for me, it was like, it was that. Like, I've had so much time. I've spent so much time talking to you. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's always been there. A lot of our conversations have been about the things we read, the mm -hmm. things we watch, mm -hmm. listen to, observe. So that really helped. And it just felt, it felt very right. And continuing that has like really helped with the drive to acquire new skills and like grow it. Yeah. And then eventually, strangely enough, it kind of looped back around very close to the thing that I was always interested in doing in the first place, which is being involved in entertainment. That's pretty good. That's very insightful. Thanks. 
Yeah. I, don't know, I just kind of made it up. <laughs> and I think it's true. I fact-checked it as you were talking. <laughs> it all sounded true. I think so much of like follow-through or completion or consistency, a lot of people will boil down to habits and having it be this um, sort of like either a type A trait or something that comes with, you know, quote unquote maturity, or you can read a million habit books and all of a sudden your habits will be, you know, you're somebody who follows through and gets things done. There's a way that you can think about it that's kind of like hard driving and very cut and dry. But I think that um, like follow through and sort of getting things done and being consistent, specifically when it has to do with not just a creative endeavor, but anything that requires intense personal investment from you mm-hmm. is like really more about, sounds very like woo-woo, but like committing to yourself first. Mm-hmm. So like in order for us to have a podcast that worked, and like when I say worked, it means like we pretty consistently were putting out episodes. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we used to beat ourselves up if we would put it out instead of on Monday, we put it on Wednesday. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like shit. It was fine. We put it out like every fucking <laughs> yeah. week. Like we really didn't leave people waiting, even though sometimes y'all act like we were waiting <laughs> for color nerds. But we really didn't leave people waiting. But like before you can commit to finishing something, I think the first thing that we had to do is commit to to honoring the thing that we actually wanted, like honoring our own interests, mm-hmm. honoring our own drive, honoring our own desires. Because I think the easiest person to quit on is yourself. Yeah. Everyone does that in a million little ways all of the time. And sometimes you have to. Mm-hmm. It's like if you have someone that you care for, whether it be a family member or a pet even, you will sacrifice sleep if that person or your pet or whatever is sick because it's easiest to give up on yourself rather than be like, oh, child, you have the flu? I got to get my eight hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get off my face. So there's a lot of ways in which like it seems natural to want to break the promises that you make to yourself. But in the longer term... It's easier to do that with something creative because ultimately you have to share a bit of yourself. But I think that the first thing you have to do is sort of like, you have to have follow through. And I think not just follow through with like completing a project, but follow through with honoring what you said that you would do for yourself Mm. and what you intended to put out into the world. You kind of have to kick your own ass to get something done. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Because believing in yourself sounds so... It sounds so like Pinocchio. You know what I'm saying? It sounds so cute. But like when you're actually believing in yourself, you're usually like crying, you're tired, you're feeling like shit. So you have to really kick your own ass and remember that the reason why you're doing this is because this is something you said you wanted to do. Yep. So that's the first thing. I think the second thing is also a lot of what we see when we see people making creative things is like we see... Beyonce's homecoming or like we see a beautiful photograph Mm -hmm. or you can listen to a well-produced podcast that a lot of people have worked on. But like there's all the stuff that had to get edited out, all the ideas that had to be reworked. There's also all of this stuff that like so many hours and hours and hours that you don't see. Basically, there's no way that you could put out a piece of creative work without a bunch of skill and practice mm-hmm. and repetition. And yes. one of the things that I had to learn doing for Color Nerds, but also especially working at Gimlet, one of the reasons I am really grateful that I was able to work here and um, experience the rigor of such an <laughs> environment is that you can't cut corners with a skill that you need to do your job. Mm. I mean, I think that goes like across the board. It doesn't matter what yeah. you do, but you can't cut corners because like, You just have to get really comfortable. Like one of the things I think that I learned how to do here was get comfortable with learning about something that I didn't really feel like learning about. Mm -hmm. Editing audio was something that I learned to do and learned to do fairly quickly and and pretty accurately. But sitting in front of Pro Tools, (laughs) (laughs) listening to myself, (laughs) like trying to take two and a half hours of myself talking and cut it down to 10 minutes. That wasn't that wasn't my dream. Yeah. Like that was at times it was excruciating. It was our nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it was our nightmare. But I knew that if I wanted to be successful in this job, I had to learn to do that and I had to get as good at it as I possibly could. I had to learn how to learn. Yeah. If that makes sense. Such a good point. There's there's only one thing I would add to that. A lot of times when we have when we're creative, we have creative ideas. We do it and it's done. You yeah. walk away. Yeah. You know, you move on. You're like, look, at, I, I marvel at myself because yeah. I have made this thing. <laughs> yeah. And I think that can be a good way to cultivate your creativity, but it's not a way to master it. I didn't learn that until I got here when I did a story and I go into the edit and they're like, this is actually a good start. 
rewrite the whole thing. Yeah. Rewrite the whole thing. I'm like, no, 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 no. This was... It. I'm done. I've, I've done it. <laughs> I have done this one it's time. It's the best it could be. And they're like, no, do it again. Being able to like go back to something that you have made, that you love, that you made hard choices about and redo it. That is actually the thing mm-hmm. that is going to drive like mastery and will help you open up other doors. Yeah. Because then you really, really understand, one, you understand that process of what you're doing because mm-hmm. you're getting better at You're doing it more, with more repetition. Yeah. But you also get better at understanding the sources of your own creativity. Yeah. Because when you've done it once and you can move on to something else, you, you don't always know where that came from. Mm-hmm. But when you got to go back to that same spot and come up with something completely different and hopefully better, yeah, <laughs> that takes some some knowledge. You see where you had yourself fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you have to keep doing it over and over again. But yeah, I think that's absolutely right. There's no way to outrun your mm-hmm. work. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's do another one. <laughs> All right. You can read it. This one is for me. Uh, okay. Hi, Brittany and Eric. Thanks for taking the time to answer my question. I love the podcast. Thank you so much. And I've been a fan of you all since For Colored Nerds. Thank you all. Thanks to everyone who holds For Colored Nerds down. Real talk. That means a lot. (laughs) It means a lot. Uh, So now to the question. Eric mentioned in the Intentions for 2020 episode that he did a lot of international traveling in 2019 and that he hates flying. So true. Facts, facts, facts. Facts. (laughs) I'm the same way, but I have never flown internationally. I've only flown domestic. My question is... What tips do you have for someone who hates flying but desires to travel abroad? This is from Raymond. Thank you so much, Raymond. Excellent question. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm curious to see what you're going to (laughs) say. Well, before I answer this, it's important to know just how much I hate flying. I did not fly until I was about 17 or 18 years old when I was going to Howard for the first time. That was the first time you flew in a plane? First time I took a plane in my life. That's stressful. Yeah. So anyway, getting to the the advice piece of this, a few years ago, when it when like basically through this job we start having to travel a little bit more, and I was like, okay, I need to get a handle on this because yeah, it's not like planes are going away. No, <laughs> no. And so the first thing I did was really try to hone in on where my discomfort comes from on the plane, where and when. So for me. My discomfort stems a lot from the times that I know to be the most dangerous on the flight, which are takeoff and landing. You stress Raymond out. No, this is the truth, I though. Know, we got to tell the truth. I know, I know. I Sometimes know. engaging the thing, it's like exposure therapy. I know. I'm aware. <laughs> anyway, continue. Takeoff so, and landing. Takeoff and landing are technically the most dangerous times in a flight. I started to realize like, I need to prioritize giving myself some comfort at takeoff and landing. Because that will help me. Once I'm in the air, I'm usually kind of fine. As long as it's not like crazy turbulence. Yeah. If I'm being completely honest, one of the things that helped the most was going to my doctor and saying, hey, fine stresses me out. I'm about to take a big trip. What can I do? And so I don't know if this is right for everybody, but the conversation I had with my doctor, I was prescribed anti-anxiety medication to be able to fly. I take an extremely low dosage of this, like crazy, crazy low. For a lot of people, it probably, probably wouldn't make that much of a difference. But that small dose provides me a bit of comfort and then slowly wears off and gets me through takeoff and landing. Another thing I do, I make sure I load up some of my favorite albums And I turn them up really loud, really, really loud so that I can't, I'm not focusing on the plane. I can focus on this music that makes me comfortable. And, you know, usually once I'm in the air and like once we are moving, I'll watch a movie or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I need something that's going to like occupy my space and occupy my mind and provide me comfort. And then the reality is the other piece of flying, part of the reason why I hated it is because this is really, you know, all my business. I have, I like have dry nostrils, dry air. So dry. Like I'm serious. It really so dry. messes me up. Oh, it does. <laughs> like it was to the point where I would think I was catching colds, but I wasn't catching colds. It was actually the dry air injuring my nostrils. And then, you know. Injuring. I don't know. I don't know the no, real word. No, I mean, word. I, I get what you're saying. I'm just but, <laughs> emphasis. But then, you know, I'm like sneezing and all this other stuff. So 
it's not a very glamorous process, but as anyone who's flown with me, uh, Brittany has a, a, a traumatized look on her face. Sarah's also in this, it, our producer, senior producer Sarah is also in the room. She's cracking up because she thinks it's ridiculous. But, um, it is. <laughs> but I have a process for making sure that the dry air doesn't mess me up on the plane. And it involves, it's, it involves Vaseline and some Q-tips. I take a Q-tip, scoop a little Vaseline. Yeah. And just kind of stuff it up my nose. Some people use like the saline gel. I find that's too light. I need some heavy duty shit. So, you know, find what works for you. But the, the main point is find out the parts of flying that you hate the most and work them out. Cool. Last question. Last question. Okay. So this is from someone named Kate. She says, so sad, but very excited to hear about your transition to video. Thank you, Kate. Question for your last episode. What podcasts do you listen to? I listen to, I have a wide variety of things. Yeah. I have gotten to a really interesting place where, you know, before I hosted The Nod, I hosted a podcast called Sampler, also with our senior producer, Saad Abdurrahman, and also former editor, Annie Rose Strasser, also producer, Kate Parkinson Morgan. It was a podcast about podcasts. So I listen, I, I listen to everything working on that show. It's really, it really widened my palate as far as podcasts I listen. So I listen to stuff that like, you can tell somebody recorded in their phone in their house yeah. to stuff that's like, you know, more traditional podcast stuff. So recently, I have been super into, there's this podcast called the Nika Beauty Podcast hosted by um, Brooke DeVard. It is a podcast where Brooke interviews a lot of people just about, I was on it, full disclosure, but she interviews a lot of people about like their thoughts about beauty, beauty culture, their beauty routines, products they love. That is wonderful to listen to. Where should we begin with Esther Perel? People be cheating. She is a relationship therapist and she will talk to the couple and the person who cheated. Sometimes both of them cheat. It's really amazing. Um, I haven't listened to the most recent season of You Must Remember This about Disney and Song of the South, but I like You Must Remember This. It's an old Hollywood history podcast. Happier with Gretchen Rubin. You know, I like, I be stressing and depressing. So I try to find things that are going to alleviate that. That's one. Foxy Brown's co-hosted by two comedy and TV writers and I think a producer in LA, two women of color, really good. It's about like beauty and stuff. I have to shout out my girl, Myleek Teal. She is incredible. Black woman, on point. She has a podcast. She just be telling people what she thinks. and She just gives me instructions for how to get my shit together and be on point. I don't know if I'll ever be like my leak, but I'll be listening to her podcast trying to get my life together. I like the 824 podcast, DGA podcast, because I like to listen to directors talk to each other. Pretty Big Deal with Ashley Graham. Uh, Secret Lives of Black Women. That one is good. Therapy for Black Girls. Okay. Dr. Joy Harden Bradford. She is amazing. She'll talk about everything from coping mechanisms to sometimes she has this thing I really like where she like takes a, a popular television character played by a black woman and go deep on why that television character, what they would be exploring in therapy. Look, she had words for Mary Jane from being Mary Jane. She wasn't right. Bodega Boys, The Read, Still Processing, Code Switch. Yes. Amazing podcast. You yes. cannot fucking go yes. wrong with that. Gene is the homie. Yeah, we love you. Yeah. Oh, this is one thing I really want to shout out though right now. I want to shout out Jad and Shima of the Dolly Parton's America podcast. I listen to this shit all the time. I cannot recommend this shit enough. Dolly Parton's America podcast so damn good. I could talk about it all day all night. Tweet me. If you've been listening to it, tweet me. If you haven't been listening, but you're about to start, tweet me. It doesn't matter if you're listening to this five years from now. I will be wanting to talk about it. Dolly Parton's America podcast. It's just, if you have breath in your body, you need to be listening to Dolly Parton's America. That podcast is cold as fuck. It's so good. That's a sampling of the things I listen to. That's just the stuff I've been listening to most recently. So... Well, of the things is. that are left... Uh, <laughs> sorry! <laughs> I'm not going to give quite as many as Brittany gave, but um, there are a few that I come back to a lot. Like I um, will be a forever criminal stand. Mm. Criminal is amazing. To be honest, I'm not even a really big true crime person, but yeah. I just love the storytelling there. I actually really like Stoner. 
What's that? The logline is like a podcast where creative people talk about their experiences with marijuana. A lot of times I, I can't actually engage with a ton of cannabis content. Mm-hmm. But something about the way Stoner does interviews is just really nice. It feels very informal. And it's less about like issues around weed and more about exp- like personal experiences with weed. Mm-hmm. And like I actually have also been really interested in like when a lot of times when parents talk about their like their relationship to weed, it mm-hmm. just becomes a lot less like you're able to kind of get out of the like let's laugh at, like, oh, you smoke weed, bah, type of deal and get more yeah. into the fact that, like, you know, this is a, you know, for some people, this is a significant part of their life and it helps, like, either with their creative process or with you know, anxiety or, like, all the different things. You get to hear, like, a bit more of a cornucopia about how it interacts with people and it's still pretty fun. It's, it's, it's a good interview show. Um, Song Exploder is amazing. There's some, like, podcast that I'll be honest you're going to be offended if you listen to them but I sometimes will go and just like just to kind of see what's happening in the streets Trapping Anonymous Mm. is fascinating a fascinating podcast Uh, (laughs) you know Uh, shout out to Chris Styles. oh Dissect oh my god so one of my favorite shows is Dissect it's actually another Spotify show it's hosted by Cole Kushner Dissect is awesome just because I I mean it's not a surprise if you listen to the podcast you know I'm a fucking nerd and like they go deep deep on a hip-hop or R&B album. It is season on on uh, To Pimp a Butterfly that really kind of like walks you through Kendrick's evolution to get to the point where he can make that album and then break down the theory of each song as it relates to the arc of the entire album and the influences that might have mm. made him like make that song in that moment. It is awesome. He does, like Cole does the fucking work. It's really, really great. I highly recommend that. Also, actually, Heavyweight. Heavyweight. Heavyweight got me fucked up a lot of the time, truthfully. And I say this, like, obviously we're on the Gimlet and Spotify network, Mm -hmm. but this is not synergy. You know, this is not like... Honesty. No one's giving me a cent Mm -hmm. to say that Heavyweight is an excellent Mm -hmm. podcast. It's so good. Storytelling is so great. The team puts so much care into every piece of it and like you come out the other side <sighs> different and with different. tears but happy happy and also I'm like hyping another Gimlet person but James Kim put out mm. this show 2019 yes. called Moonface it's a six episode miniseries it all came out at once Joel Kim Booster is playing the lead some of the most incredible voice acting I've ever heard it's a fiction podcast about a young Korean man living in the LA area and his relationship with his mom and I don't want to give too much away because it's so beautiful and it was so well thought out well written well considered I think that you're going to love it so um, there's so many people I'm sure we forgot the first podcast that I ever heard of was Pop Culture Happy Hour. Also, shout out all yes. them because they've had us on it shit ton of times. Ooh, and it's good. And it's good. But yeah, my sister introduced me to it. And I listened to only one episode of the show because I didn't understand how the podcasting app worked because it was like 2010. And I just never imagined that I would find myself with this job or in this industry. Pretty much... Everybody that I've had the opportunity to work with or know or just cross paths with in, in, in podcasting has been incredibly kind and thoughtful and nice. And one of the things that's nice about listening to podcasts, added bonus, I guess, is like being able to hear so many, the work of so many of our friends and colleagues and people who we care so much about. I am so sorry if we left anybody off the list. It's a lot of podcasts, a, man. Yeah, that's like, that's like literally, this is a sampling of what we, of what we listen to. But yeah. Coming up after the break, we are going to answer some of each other's questions. And I guess Sarah final goodbyes. How about that? Wow. I know. I'm sad. I'm sad. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. Okay. So we have some questions. I have a question. You have multiple questions for me. But we have some questions for each other. Eric, why don't you go first? You hear me doing the... Yeah. I want yeah. the audience to hear me yeah, rubbing my hands together. Rubbing actually, hands together. They're not that. These aren't like hard-hitting questions. But they're, they're big ones. I know. I'm curious for you, what has been the biggest surprise you've had while making the show? Such a big, it's a big question. The biggest surprise... So often, the things that we would talk about on the show were things that each of us 
were really personally excited about. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sometimes it was something really, really ridiculous, mm-hmm. like my <laughs> obsession with Oprah's Legends yep. Ball. I have wanted to talk at length with anybody about Oprah's Legends Ball. At, like, you have been trying depth, for years. <laughs> for years. Being able to make the episode, the three reasons why that I made about why Oprah's Legends Ball is the greatest superhero movie ever made, that allowed thousands of people to hear that episode and then talk to me about a topic I was supremely interested in, supremely interested in, but couldn't get anybody to care about in my personal everyday life. Yeah. And it was so bizarre, gratifying, wonderful, but bizarre, I think, at its core, for me to have all these people who frequently I do not know mm-hmm. embrace my weirdness <laughs> and meet it with their yeah. own. It's like, you know, some episodes have required a little extra emotional push from <laughs> from different members of the team because it's like, you know, sometimes we're really putting ourselves out there. Yeah. Not necessarily our business, but putting like our proclivities out there yeah. and, and hoping that people will accept it. And so when people go beyond acceptance and really actually champion it and see themselves in it, it's really thrilling. It's been really exciting to sort of like let my freak flag fly at the, yeah. with the show at certain points. And to have other people, like, raise theirs in response. Like the uh, Hugger Gave salute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly like that. It's been such a cool, it's been really, 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 really cool. Actually going through the process of, like, starting to open up and to, like, share pieces of myself with the listeners, which actually, I mean, honestly, culminated probably in the Bossy episode, mm, yeah. um, where I talked about being a depressed-ass bitch. Shout out to all the other depressed-ass bitches out there. And that, for me, I went from, like, being, like, I'm nervous. Are other people going to care about Oprah's Legends Ball? <laughs> to, <laughs> to like, I'm going to openly talk about the time that I was crying on the way to a restaurant, how yeah. it made me realize that maybe I was actually depressed because I had gotten more comfortable with not just sharing myself, but more comfortable with how I feel about myself. It wasn't stressful for me to put the, to record that episode, put it out, or share that story with other people or get the feedback. Because I feel fine about me. To be forced to learn how to get comfortable with my own thoughts and feelings and ideas was something I didn't foresee happening with this. You know, I just, I was like, this is my job. We're going to do this. It's going to be a continuation of something you and I had already kind of been doing. You know, podcast, 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 (laughs) cut, pro tools, blah, 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 edit, edit, move on. And then it turned out that there was this whole other sort of transformation that I had to have of self-acceptance that I was not anticipating. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, let's go on. Thank you. What's the thing that surprised you the most? I was surprised by just how sustaining and at times like rejuvenating a process making this type of show has been. Hmm. So I'm a person who likes work. I work myself to the bone, which is not that great. I'm trying I to love do. when people say that about themselves. Yeah, well, it's true. I mean, I was, <laughs> it's not, that's not healthy. And you shouldn't do that. I'm actually no, trying to no, be no, more no, balanced. No, no. But, uh, but I will do it. You know? Yeah. And the thing about this show that has been amazing is like the work itself is exciting. Like being able to sit and focus on issues that relate to you, that relate to like blackness. I actually didn't anticipate how much it would make me so interested in all the other pieces to be able to like make a story. Mm-hmm. I am so invested in this final product of of being able to like share something about us, yeah. you know, yeah. that I'm like, I have to learn Pro Tools. <laughs> I have to sit <laughs> in front of this audio to be yeah. able to do it because this thing is so cool and I want to yeah. share that and I want people to like see it how I see it. And that excitement has been helpful to me at some of the, like, to be frank, the hardest times in my life. Uh, I've experienced some of them. You know, life goes on. We, you know, we are, we make the show, we put it out every week, but, you know, we have personal lives too. Yeah. And sometimes those things are hard. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times I've worked before and I've enjoyed my work before, but it hasn't been as much of a safe space until like now. Yeah. That has been really surprising to me. And it's actually made me feel comfortable with also working less. Really? Say more about that. So basically, like, I know the work that I do makes me happy. Mm -hmm. So I know I shouldn't be making it too hard, if that makes any sense. Like, if I'm working myself to the bone, that means I'm working myself to, like, burnout. 
yeah. on something that I actually enjoy, which means I'm making myself not enjoy this thing because I haven't either give myself enough time, structure, you know, structure something, or I should be paying attention to other things. Mm-hmm. So like now I'm like, oh no, I can I can pull back just a little bit to make this sustainable. Yeah. Because I know even when my personal life is going crazy, this thing is gonna be, this thing is gonna be nice for me. Yeah. Now, don't get twisted. There's a lot of times <laughs> making this type of show is really hard, really stressful. <laughs> you know? Really, really hard, really stressful. Yeah. But overall, the actual story work, the, you know, even talking to you, you know, each time, Ooh, all those I, things. I, I wish y'all could have seen his face. <laughs> Nasty. Rude. But even, but no, but all those things have been like, have been amazing. Yeah. And have, have really like helped with life over time. And I, I, that, that wasn't the piece I was expecting to, I wasn't expecting it to happen quite like that. Hmm. So what's your question? What's, what, what, what you got? The question I had... What is something that you know now that you, if you could go back and do this, that you would go back and tell July 2017 Eric about, I don't know, a piece of advice that you could impart to help him make the podcast? Huh. Obviously, you know, there's like the whole philosophical idea of like, well, I wouldn't want to change anything because I might not be in this position now. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know. Yeah. I think... I think I would go back and have a conversation with myself about perfection. Hmm. Uh, the audience can't see this, but as soon as I said that, our senior producer, she just kind of like, she had like that that soft nod, that like mother soft nod. I tried to keep my face <laughs> tight. I tried not to move. I focused really hard. I focused. That's fine. It's cool. I know myself. <laughs> you know, I'm aware. I'm aware. Um, but I want everything that I do to be right. I mean, I think like we both have that with, Every episode, basically, that we yeah. end up doing. But for me, how that often translates is such resounding terror and pressure that I actually cannot do anything. It's caused me to miss deadlines. It's caused me mm. to, like, you know, it's caused me to actually, like, fuck up a couple stories. Mm-hmm. And I think I would go back to myself to just be like, hey, just do it. You know, you do, you trust, you trust everybody around you. You can trust yourself. Just do I think I probably would have been able to do more stories. I think I probably would have been able to take a couple of them a little deeper. Mm-hmm. And I think overall, it would have allowed me, obviously, to also not experience some of that same, like, stress. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I really just want to go back and be like, look, you can do this. You're good at it. Mm-hmm. Allow yourself to be bad before you see yourself good at it. Yeah. That is a conversation that I, I still have to have with myself a lot. A lot. It's a conversation I've had with our senior producer, Sarah. <laughs> a lot, you know? <laughs> but if I could go back and give younger Eric that, mm-hmm. just want to, like, it's almost like, what do you say? Like, be, be kinder to yourself. Yeah. In general, that's a thing I need to do. But especially as it related to the show and the making of the show, I think if I had done that, I actually probably would have been a little happier with some of my output at times. Mm. Yeah. That's a hard one to say. You know what I'm saying? Like it's good though to share. I'm really, I'm really proud of you for putting that out there. That's yeah. big. Look at that. Um, yeah, it's tough. Look at that growth. You know, this you you pay for the therapy. You better get your money's worth. That is the truth. That is the truth. I think sometimes about how much money I've paid for paid. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. You just so, you just freaked out a little bit. I started doing the mental math and I was like, oh my god, I could have bought a boat. Truthfully. A large boat? More than a rowboat. More than a canoe. <laughs> I could have bought a few canoes. Motorboat? I could have bought a fleet. A canoe yeah. fleet. <laughs> so it's a great question. So I posed the same thing to you. What would you go back and tell young Brittany? I would have told myself to lean in a little bit more to my inclinations. Anytime I put a story out or put something out, it was like torturous for me. I mean, torturous. You mentioned dealing with the fear of like imperfection or whatever. Mm. I deal with it, but it's a probably a, a different part of the process. Mm. Like the process of getting an idea out, explaining it to other people, expressing it, torturous. If I can get over the initial hump mm-hmm. of like expressing myself, which is usually my greatest mortal fear, very funny I ended up in this job. <laughs> right? Very funny. <laughs> but I, yeah, so I experienced it more at the beginning of the process. For me, a big thing that I tell myself is perfect is the enemy of done because I definitely earlier in my life had struggled with a lot of perfectionism issues that would just keep me totally in like a, a complete failure to launch in mm. so many ways. And like, 
there's no harm in sharing an idea with another with other people. There's no harm in sharing a bad idea with other people. Literally, nothing happens. You will not catch on fire. You will not lose all of your money. I would have told myself just not to be so not to like kill my ideas before they formed. It's almost like I give myself a form of like ideological flu. Mm. Like it's like where it's just sort of like you have the idea, kind of excited, right? As soon as you feel excited, it's just like it's like you know, it's like almost like my. Like my brain starts trying to kill it because my brain's like, well, it would be really great if it turned out like this. Too bad it won't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just like a never ending like attack. There are ideas that I would have that I would later see somebody else Mm. do. I'm not necessarily saying in podcasting, it could be other mediums and not do as well as I think I could have done it. At first, that would just sort of discombobulate me, probably like 2016, 17, 18. I would just be stressed out. In the past year, I will give myself credit. I've at least started to be able to have that feeling. And instead of it causing me anger at myself mm-hmm. or distress at myself, instead of being like, oh, why didn't you do this, blah, 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 blah. It's sort of like, well, ask myself, well, why didn't you do this? Yeah. Maybe like you don't have to go in on yourself for not having done this thing. Yeah. But instead sort of see it as confirmation that like, just like when I have an idea, not to immediately be like, oh, there's no way that could work. It's not very good. It's not interesting. You're interested in it so other people won't be. Everyone's going to think this is boring. I just wish I would have told myself to lean in a little bit more to my inclinations and to my gut feelings about ideas and to my tastes. So, you know, I would try to tell myself just to go a little bit, just go easier on myself and also to, but specifically to like, to have a little bit more faith in my own ability to like know things Mm. (laughs) and to like have ideas and to like have opinions. It's good. I feel like I learned a little bit. There you go. Okay, I got one one last question. It's also a doozy. So I feel like we are moving into a new epoch is it, ep- is it, is it e- epoch? 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 I don't know epoch. which one it is. E P O C H is yes, what you're saying. That word. You. Yeah. In terms of our business partnership, also in terms of our friendship. You said business partnership. I was like, who is your business partner in this room? You. It's me. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I forgot. I blocked it out. Oh, yeah. Well, you don't really love this question then. So, you know, I feel like we started this journey with the podcast for Colored Nerds because, you know, we were just trying to figure out how to hang out regularly. Uh-huh. And I'm strange. Uh, you so- are so, you love a project-oriented <laughs> relationship. You do. So I was like, hey, you know, this, this would be good. This is the answer. And then it kind of like morphed into a thing that was like becoming something, but we weren't sure what it was becoming. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the this whole thing happened. The Gimlet thing happened. And then, yeah. you know, that was kind of a thing. And now we're kind of moving into a much more intentional choice about, like, working together and, yeah. like, being creative together and things like that. So I'm curious now at this kind of, this juncture, looking back, mm-hmm. how has working on For Colored Nerds, you know, The Nod, and just, like, working together so intimately changed your idea of our friendship? Anything you've learned hmm. or like, do you think about it differently? Anything, you know? Well, you know, for a long time, I think as a lot of people who, especially people who like go away to attend college in a new environment, I kind of always thought of my life as like, oh, my life with my parents and my family at home. And then that was like, that was the whole enchilada. And then this, the new part started when I started college. And now I'm approaching a point in time where that was like almost half my lifetime ago. Wow, yeah. And um, I think for a lot of time, I, I think I considered you a rather new addition to my life. Was worth, yeah, for a long time. Crazy, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, now I think the thing that is really interesting is that we have grown up together. Yeah. I think that is the thing that is, that has actually, it's like, you are not the only friend that I have had for roughly that amount of time. I feel so grateful that I have so many friends that I've had for so long and that um, we've grown up together. But specifically, I get to see your growth every single day. Mm. That's the thing that's really like mind blowing. And also, like, truthfully, we are obligated to spend time together. Yeah. We are obligated to be together. Yeah. And I don't think that we're necessarily obligated to be friends. I don't feel that way. But we are obligated to be together yeah. all the time. I don't spend as much time with anyone in my life Whew. as I spend with you. Yeah. Which, if I had to pick it... <laughs> don't get so you know, Hey, we know. 
<laughs> Sober on both sides. But I see Eve maybe a little more. <laughs> that's true. So it's like a very, it's a very specific relationship that we, in some ways, we are bound by obligation. One of the things that I have learned is what it means to be committed to another person. Mm-hmm. It sounds so weird. Yeah. But yeah, like because, you know, Eric and I don't wake up every day. Like for, actually, for the most part, I believe that we get along. Yeah. But we don't always agree with each other and we do get on each other's yeah. nerves. Sometimes we will get on each other's nerves for a sustained period of time. Yeah. But one of the things that I've learned is that I think I've also been able to bring to so many of my close relationships is when you commit to being in in relationship to someone. Mm. And that can be like, you know, we're getting to an age like where people obviously they do it like when they choose to have a child or they choose to have a romantic or life partner in that way. Or, you know, you can look around and you sort of look at some of your friends and you're like, oh, you no, we in this forever. Yeah. You look at them and you're just like, look, I ain't fucking going no fucking where yeah. this is it we are bound what it means to really truly to choose that and also like in a weird way think about the obligation or the original choice uh think about the obligation as an original choice that i made do you know what i mean mm-hmm. yes, so even actually. if like let's say i'm not feeling quite so charitable toward you yeah. it may last for a little while but the thing that i will always return to is this is my friend i care about him i love him and that I am I've chosen to do this for a reason. And because it's been so long and I've seen you go through so many seasons as a person, this is another season mm. and we're gonna see it through. Yeah. Interesting enough, when I asked you that question, I didn't know the answer. I didn't know my answer. It's a good uh, question. Yeah. I actually didn't know the answer when you asked me either. But I actually think my answer hems very close to yours. Actually, I'm gonna tell a story. I'm gonna tell a story I have not. Told before. Am I in it? Yeah, you're in it. Oh, okay. Of course. How's about that? our friendship. Oh, okay. So you mentioned Sampler. Yeah. And to just back up to kind of what was going, it's a little behind the scenes stuff. Breedy and I, we've obvi- we've obviously been doing it for color nerves at this mm-hmm. point, and we have been talking to Gimlet. They've been kind of like mentoring us, teaching us kind of how to do stuff, and very informally. Like we were kind of yeah. just creeping in their office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're like, "Well, you're here. Uh, this is how you do this. This is how you do that." But then sometime after that, they reach out to you to apply to host for Sampler. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like a weird moment. I don't know if you remember that, but like, I remember. because we, you know, we had been talking to them together. We had been kind of like, all right, well, you know, we think we're doing a thing. We don't know what we were doing, but we yeah. were doing a, something. They seemed like they wanted us to join the yeah. ship. Yeah. And then they reached out to you, and I was just like, uh, okay, was you know, what does that mean for me? And I was actually kind of stressed. And I think I, I we had one conversation about where I was very stressed. I was just like, I was like, this is great, but like, you know, what does that mean? I, you know, I was dealing with some insecure. I was like, does this mean I'm not that good enough to yeah. try to host a show? Or like, what, you know, what's the deal there? And I was really, really stressed out. Luckily, around that time, that was actually not that long after I had started therapy. And I remember going to talk to my therapist and, uh, you know, I was I was telling him, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for Brittany, but I'm also confused on like, this changes our, you know, business partnership. We're creators, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Like, what does this mean for me? Am I going to be left behind? And he was just like, stop, Eric, stop. I was like, what? <laughs> he was like, you know, you've talked to me before about like how, like, like, you know, Brittany's one of your closest friends and like, you know, you guys have this relationship and, you know, she means a lot to you and this, obviously this project means a lot to you. And he's like, that's true, right? And I was like, yes. And he's like, if you guys are going to do something together, you have to ground it in your friendship. And he was basically like, is that your friend? And I was like, Yes. He was like, is that your best friend? I was like, yes. And he was like, did something good just happen to her? And I was like, yes. And he was like, have you been there for her? Like, because that happened. He was like, you sound pretty preoccupied with what it means for you. And I was like, yeah. I was like, but this is like a big thing. Is you know, like, what is happening? He was like, no, a good thing happened to your friend. You got to be happy for her about that. He was like, you guys still seem committed to like doing this thing. Whatever your time is will come. But you have to, you have to find a way to be happy that your friend's time has come. In that moment, I was like, I mean, you know me. The first time anybody gives me any advice, I'm like, nah, fuck that. What? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I'm like, what? That's true. No, never that. Uh, and then I sat there a minute and I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. 
And I don't know if you remember after that, I don't know if you know it's a change or not, but like after that, I actually, I just took myself kind of out. I was like, don't worry about it. I was like, you got to do this. And you were like, of course I have to do this. And I was like, yeah. And I see that as a really important moment for our like friendship and our business partnership as well, because it forced me to prioritize a piece of the relationship. Was I going to prioritize the business relationship? At which point, you know, there is like there are real stakes for me. Mm-hmm. Or am I going to prioritize our friendship? And choosing to prioritize our friendship and to, like, as you say, commit to that mm-hmm. was really clarifying. It's made so many of the business decisions so much easier mm-hmm. because I know, like you said, like we, we are friends. There might be a hard time in our business relationship. You might get on my last nerve, which you do often. You know, but but our friendship comes first, yeah, and that makes that other piece like it's it's clarifying. You're like, okay, we'll figure that we'll figure that out. Maybe maybe I lose this time. Maybe she wins that time. Like whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's not the important part. That work is hard. You know oh. what I'm saying? You know how much I mean to me. Like <laughs> you actually, I have to get one of the things I will uh, credit. I will give you is that you are one of my role models in putting yourself first. <laughs> you do a good job. No, you even when you have a lot of things going on, you will. You will I'll take a step yourself, back. <laughs> yeah, you will. Yeah. So yeah, like you know, it was it was really it was really hard, but that was actually one of the biggest lessons I've learned. Period. Period. I've never heard this story. You know, I've told other people. I've told Sarah before. <laughs> <laughs> No, I've never I've, heard this story. I've heard this story twice. Yeah, I've never heard it. Wow, yeah. No, I've never heard it. That's no, a, yeah. I said I said and cried in front of that man about what what how how hurt I was. And I was like, I was like, should Brittany push more for me? Should I ask her to push more? He was like, nah, maybe you're gonna jam her up. He's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you you talk her about her, you know, her win. And I was like, I was like, but what? He was like, stop. Stop. Well, you know, when they actually when I went, when I was going to that meeting, they told me, they were like, we're thinking about this show. They're telling me the show about podcasts, about podcasts. And I was like, all right, cool. And they were like, when we were thinking of you and like, you know, sometimes you fill out the rest of someone's statement in mm. your head. Yeah. So I thought they were going to say, we're thinking, you know, you could be an associate producer or intern or something like that. I mean, because I had no radio experience. And they're like, we think about you to host. And I was excited, but I was sad mm. because, and the question I asked him, I was like, oh, I was like, that sounds amazing. But I was like, what about Eric? That was literally the next question that I asked them because I had not conceived um, of, you know like what I'm saying? Of us, yeah, yeah, I hadn't conceived of like joining this company not together. Now, in hindsight, it was, there was like seven months difference. It really yeah, wasn't it really, that long. It wasn't that long and it, and it actually, it, to be honest, I think our different paths at the company absolutely made the not a better show. I absolutely agree. But you know, in that in those initial moments, it was it was hard. Yeah. It was really hard. But I'm I'm so thankful for that because as other hard decisions happen or other other things have changed and even just how I think about, you know, to be honest, the things that have happened here and some of the challenges that we might have had being here, the fact that we were committed to each other as friends first and I had really gone the distance with myself in terms of what that means mm-hmm. made a lot of things clarifying. You know, like, you know, it's interesting. You you talk to people and sometimes they're like, they try to get you to say stuff. They're like, what do you really think? How, yeah. how are you, are you really friends with Brittany? And I'm like, I'm like, nah, that's like, like she emceed at my wedding. I did. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, like I was like, no, that's my, that's my friend. You know what I'm saying? Like this shit could go poof in a day. Yeah. But like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that's still my friend. She she annoys me like no other person, but I still want that person in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'll do what I need to do to to do that. And like, that is a very, it's a very, like, it's it's a very like honest thing. It's, it's like I said before, it's like one of the pieces of growth that I, I'm so happy for. So yeah, that's commitment. Nice. That's nice. Yeah, no, it's really, it is interesting. It's been a real fucking process. Yeah. It's been a real process. I feel like, I always say, I feel like I'm graduating. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I feel like I learned just as much, if not more, here in the past, like, four. We've both been here about four years, um, as I did at college. Yeah. 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 Give me my fucking degree. <laughs> so well, that's the show. So that's the show. This, yeah. is, this is what the this degree is. The degree. Yeah, that's the degree. Well, if this show is the degree, 
I would like to say thank you to every single person that helped us earn this degree. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, every single person that worked on the show, every producer, every editor, anybody who contributed to the show in any way, anybody who gave us episodes to put down the feed. We didn't have anything to put down the feed. We thank you. People who helped us gut check episodes and people who didn't even work at Gimlet who, who would listen to things and give us feedback. And obviously, of course, Anybody who's listened to the show and had, and had kind things to say about it, we couldn't have done this without you. So thank you. You've helped me earn my second bachelor's, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, seriously. Thank you so much to everybody who listens to the show. You see our faces on the show art or the cover art or whatever, but it's, it's, it's definitely always been a team effort. Absolutely. You know, just continuing this whole idea of like another degree and graduating and all this stuff, like the new show that we're going to have with Quibi, you know, the nod with Brittany and Eric, you know, um, it's kind of like an advanced degree. Yeah. You know, I wasn't a great student. Um, <laughs> were we, past, were either of us? <laughs> past eighth grade, I wasn't a great student. And I actually have always said that I thought that my touch would oxidize the doorknob of any entrance to a graduate school <laughs> building. But, you know, maybe this is my my PhD moment. This is our, this is our, you know, neither one of us has an advanced degree. So maybe this is our time. I'm also just really excited about the like the new show. I think it's gonna be really good. I'm really excited. Like, if you like this, I cannot wait for you to see You're gonna love it. The Night with Brittany and Eric. You're gonna love it. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna love it. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be fun. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. And um, this has you been can, the, yeah, the it's nod. Been, it's been the nod. You'll see us <laughs> soon, though. Yeah. Very soon. Very soon. So if you want to get updates about The Nod with Brittany and Eric, make sure to sign up at thenod.show or follow us on Twitter at The Nod Show. We are still going to be at The Nod Show. You can find us there yep. probably till the end of time. Hopefully. The Knot has been produced by me, Brittany Luce. And me, Eric Eddings. Along with Kate Parkinson-Morgan, James T. Green, Emmanuel Berry, and Wallace Mack. Our senior producer has always been Sada Abdurrahman. Shout out. We have been edited by Annie Rose Strasser, Jorge Just, Manuel Berry, and Sarah Saracen. Our engineer has been the incredible yes. Cedric Wilson. Incomparable. Oh my God. Our theme music was by Khalid B. Yep. Original music in this episode by Cedric Wilson. Today's show was mixed by Armando Serrano. Great, that's it. That's it. 